Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here, and alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, it's Sarah Jones. Hey, Sarah, how are you? And where have your travels taken you to nowadays? <laughs> well, hello, hello, everyone. Um, I am doing very well today. And I'm happy to report that we are still in Arizona and the weather's finally gotten nice here. So I, it, it's it's in the upper 70s and 80s, my dream. So happy yes. to be here right now. Yep. For those of you listening on a podcast who are not seeing the video, I'm back in a t-shirt. And you can never see my lower half, but I have shorts on because the weather has finally broke. It's finally spring slash summer again. And, uh, and I am thankful for it, for sure. For sure. Me too. And, you know, I have to say, you know, just the springtime here, when I talk to so many people, they say, oh, the, the desert, it's kind of ugly. It's so brown. I, it was so colorful. Arizona is so colorful. The, the immense diversity in vegetation and color and what is in bloom right now and just the even the different types of cactus that are different colors like it is stunning it's absolutely stunning yeah i recall my wife's brother coming to town one time we were taking him around and my wife and uh, her brother uh, grew up in las vegas so just another desert so he comes out to phoenix we're showing him around and he's all like uh i have a question yeah, shoot. He's like, where's the desert? Because the <laughs> desert in Las Vegas, Nevada is exactly as you described it. It's brown and it's kind of very lackluster. And so he gets out here, he sees what you're describing of the Phoenix area. And he's like, where's the desert? Because there's a lot more green and other colors than uh, one would otherwise expect. It's true, and I love it. I take a lot of pictures of nature around here, and um, so my camera's full. I need to figure out a different way to store all of my photos because um, the amount of pictures that I take is, it might border on obsessiveness. I'm just going to say <laughs> might, might might border obsessive, but. Fair enough. Well, I mentioned the word expect a moment ago you know this mm -hmm. desert offers you something that you wouldn't expect and what an interesting segue transition mm -hmm. into our topic today because today we want to talk about expecting the unexpected and so I want to kind of unpack what that means and you know how, do, how does one end up expecting the unexpected well I think it starts with having a conversation about what are those things that kind of pop up in one's financial landscape that either you kind of know is going to happen or maybe you really don't know it's going to happen. But by experience of other people sharing their experiences with you, you realize, ooh, okay, maybe I should be planning for something like that in uh, my own life. Uh, two quick examples. You know, one is we all know that at some point you are going to either have to repair the car or replace like an appliance, right? We know that. Whether or not we plan for it is something completely different. Mm -hmm. But then something I think about even with all the stories that you've shared, Sarah, is you have had to expect unexpected medical bills. 
And that's not something that my family has had to deal with. But by you sharing your experience, it got me thinking about, should we be doing something different? Should we have a plan in place in the event that we needed to plan for medical expenses? So that's what I mean by mm. expect the unexpected. I love that. And, and I thank you for bringing up the medical expenses because I want to just kind of hit a, a quick point here that sometimes I think sometimes we think it's not going to happen to us, right? <clears throat> it may or may not, but knowing or having a little bit of a plan on if it does, this is how we might handle it, right? Instead of having this expectation that it's not going to happen, right? Oh, we don't have to worry about that. or I'm not going to worry about that. Having the plan, which is exactly what we're talking about today, is having that plan that if something happens, how might I handle it? Because, you know, and if I've learned anything in the past two years of being a full-time RVer, is that what I have planned versus what's actually happened or what I thought was going to happen versus what has actually happened, two very, very, very different things. <laughs> and so even now in my own life, we are really looking at how we react to things, you know, how we respond to things um, very differently than I have in the past. And we are planning very, very differently now. And so I, I think I'd just like to encourage everybody to, um, you know, maybe it's not changing everything, but these little changes that, that everybody can make within their, their mindset, within their budgets could alleviate so much stress um, when those unexpected events happen. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that you're kind of starting there because that's where I really wanted to start unpacking, unpacking this particular conversation is I think in order to expect the unexpected, the first thing people ought to do is expect to think differently. Mm -hmm. Whatever you've been doing with money has led you to this point where you're listening to Sarah and I talk about financial things. Um, you, you come along and take the nerd ride with us on a weekly basis. <laughs> and... Um, and so you're obviously looking for something different, but sometimes it's not enough to kind of just see something differently or do something differently. Sometimes it starts with thinking differently. So how, how should our listeners think differently about their finances? Mm. Well, number one, I think for me, the biggest, the, the biggest thing that I have learned is to be more flexible with stuff. Um, I, and you know, if, if you guys have been listening to, um, our podcast, you know, it's been on well over a year now. So just a little plug, woohoo, well over a year. But if you followed along, you know, I've shared a lot of personal, um, a lot of personal stories and a lot of my personal journey and money is, has been something that I've really struggled with in scarcity mode and just terrified to spend and, um, for a long time when my husband and I started, I was so strict with everything that, um, he, uh, real quick story, when we were transitioning out of using our credit card, um, to pay a lot of our bills because I didn't like the way that using the credit card for me, I didn't like the way that it made me feel. I was paying kind of for last month's stuff and it just felt wonky. And we were very tight within our budget. And because we were living on such a strict budget, um, some kids came to the door and they were selling something and he bought something. And I'll tell you, it was 18 bucks. It was $18. And I had a literal meltdown because I was like, 
that does not fall within our budget. How are we, how am I going to get groceries now? I don't have any money for groceries. We're talking $18. And not that $18 is a lot or a little, right? But in my life at that time, it felt like a lot of money. And one thing that I didn't do is I was not flexible with any of our finances. And since working to be a little bit more flexible and just changing my mindset around that, right? And what does flexibility look like? Um, and and how am I going to handle? And, you know, Nino, I kind of call it, you know, some guardrails, kind of putting in some guardrails in place. So how can I be flexible and still keep true to what I want to accomplish, right? And still really focus on my process of working towards whatever it is that I'm working towards. And um, you can make a huge amount of progress and still be flexible at the same time. Yep. Yep. I think flexibility is uh, is definitely important. It's one of those things that I think I've mentioned um, on the podcast before. I was pretty inflexible as a financial coach when I first started, you know, some 10 plus years ago. And uh, I was like, nope, you got to do it this way. And, and, and I was just going to kind of cram everybody through the same process. And I quickly realized, you know what, there needs to be flexibility here. There needs to be um, a little bit of unique molding to somebody's situation. And so not only, do we as people kind of just need to be flexible and kind of give ourselves a little bit of grace and, and figure out what works for us. But then once we even set that up, we have to kind of build in some flexibility to say, Oh, okay. But what if this happens or what if that happens or so that we're not, I, I can, I can relate to the, it doesn't really matter the dollar amount, but when, mm -hmm. When my wife's and my finances were not in a good place, we were arguing over a $5 cup of coffee. And you know you're, you're in a pretty bad spot when you have to argue over a $5 cup of coffee. Things, things need to change. But building some flexibility into it, I like that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, and, and for me it's a process, right? You really have to kind of go through that process to make that happen. It's not just something, oh, I'm going to be flexible with my budget this month, right? I think that there's, it's kind of a process that we can go through to, I believe that we have to work kind of on our mindset, but then we have to look ahead, right? And we have to say, okay, what have we experienced in the past that did not sit well, right? Where, where can I make those adjustments through my own experiences and where can we look to other people's experiences like you'd mentioned a minute ago, right? Planning for maybe it's not going to necessarily happen to us or maybe not that specific thing, but let's be truthful here. Something is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings me to another point. So when that thing does happen, I think the other, another part that uh, we need to be thinking differently about is how we show up in those moments. So when the unexpected does arise, do we react or do we respond? And, you know, I don't want to go too far down like a psychology tangent, but there, there's a difference between those two things. There's a difference mm -hmm. between when I react to something and when I respond to something. And oftentimes it's kind of uh, identified as if I'm reacting Maybe I'm a little bit 
uh, less thoughtful and maybe more emotionally charged. And I'm just kind of reacting mm-hmm. versus when I respond to something, I'm a little bit slower because I'm thinking about things, I'm processing, I'm being more mindful. And so expect to think differently when the unexpected does arise and try to respond versus react. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's powerful um, because, and, and it takes to be, it takes us to be really intentional with this process. And that's why I say, you know, in, in incremental steps, because my default is to freak out. <laughs> like it's just been mm. my default in life, right? To freak out. And so if I'm really, that's where the reaction comes in, you know? And so when something really, and let's be honest, I think when, when something happens financially, a lot of times for us, it feels we get this moment of panic, right? And and that's where some of this reaction comes in. And so being really intentional with how do I respond to this? What, what maybe is going to be the best decision here? And let me really put down, let me take a minute. Let me really take a minute and maybe I write it down. Maybe I literally take a list of pros and cons, right? Being really intentional and pulling yourself out of that default that you've already gone through, you know, the, the, the default reaction or the default methods of handling a situation. So Nina, when crazy stuff happens, my default is just to freak out. You know, it's, it's been what I used to get to this point, um, you know, in my financial, but it's not something that needs to go into my, my future. Right. And so that freak out for me oftentimes ended up in, in some crazy reactions, arguments with my husband that really didn't need to happen, right? Um, Poor decisions that maybe I wish I hadn't necessarily made with money, right? Maybe it was a repair that I just jumped to a conclusion or I just jumped right in without really looking at what could I have done instead or what are my choices here? Um, And so it's really, in my opinion, about being intentional and really focusing on how do I respond to this versus how am I going back to my default and the reactions that I've had in the past? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree that it, when you're reacting, your decision-making is probably not where you would want it to be or where it otherwise would be if you're taking time to respond. But before we talk a little bit about how to make some informed decisions, because I know that's part of what we want to talk about. I want to talk about a couple of other things that I think people ought to expect when they're expecting the mm. unexpected. And one of them is, and this is going to sound really strange, but I really want this to sink in. Expect that your plan will fail. At first, expect that your plan will fail at first. And so one of the, I'll give like the go-to example for me on this is anytime I'm sitting down with a new client, it's inevitable. We're going through the numbers and we're trying to get a sense of like what the budget looks like. And so I'll ask the question, something about like, how much is the electric bill? And in, inevitably it's, well, it's about $125. Okay. So in your world is $125 like you're overestimating? Are you underestimating? How about we get rid of the word about and we actually just find the number, right? And so mm-hmm. let's say like last month's bill was $127.89. Well, then 
the question becomes like when I'm putting together the budget, do I use 127.89? Do I round it up to 130? But here's the bigger, bigger point other than the number itself is when you develop a plan that's not very specific and it's not very intentional and it's kind of just loosey goosey. Oh, well, I think this is this. And I think we spend about $300 on groceries. And I think I need about a hundred dollars to gas up for the month. And I think it, this is why your, your plan will fail. But even when you are very intentional and you're very specific, sometimes you forget certain things. So I just sat down with a client not too long ago. We put together the budget. I always ask the question, what other monthly subscriptions or annual subscriptions do you have that we need to account for? And he's like, nope, I think we got them all. Like, all right, cool. So between that meeting and the next meeting, I get a text message. You know, I forgot about this subscription. Right? So it's just your plan is bound to fail at first. It's like anything else, like riding a bike or driving a car. You learn to get better over time. And so I want people to expect that their plan is going to fail so that when it does, they get right back up and do it again. Because I think too often it fails one month and we throw our arms up and it's like budgeting doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That's not true. You're just not proficient at it yet. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. And I would even take that a little step farther and say that I feel fairly proficient in writing my budget and my plan each month and things still come up, right? There are still adjustments that need to be made. So, but it doesn't mean that it's not working, right? It means yeah. that, oh, now I have to make an adjustment. Like that's literally all it means, right? And that's where the flexibility really comes back into play. Even years later, um, this is not going to be perfect. I don't believe your budget's ever going to be perfect, that it works out exactly the way you write it every single month and things are awesome. I think that we plan for flexibility. We plan for these things, the unexpected stuff to happen. And um, it's, uh, it's really quite the journey to go on. And, you know, that's where I tend with my plans. We focus a lot on the journey. So what's the process the process is knowing your numbers, right? The process is giving yourself a little bit of grace when you've forgotten something, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay. So you put it in for the next go around. Right. Yep. It doesn't mean everything comes to a complete halt and that you don't use the budget anymore. You know, after I receive the text message, it's the same thing. It's okay. Well, we're going to account for it going forward. And now we know, right? But you're brand new to this. You're like two or three weeks in. You were bound to forget something. And that's just part of the process, as you kind of outlined. Um, part of the process, and you kind of, you just alluded to it. I alluded to it earlier, but it's, it's all part of the plan. And so another thing I think we need to expect is, and, and stop calling them unexpected expenses, are things like the car repairs, Medical bills, if that's something that you're dealing with, or maybe more commonly, like the need to replace an appliance, like things are going to break. Things are going to need to either be repaired or replaced and not having some money set aside specifically for that kind of equates poor planning, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have money to fix the car. 
That was poor planning. Right. <laughs> I, I just had this conversation with um, one of my clients. She said, Sarah, she goes, everything just hit and I had to get new tires. And, you know, now what? And so we talked about this, right? And I said, well, how long have you known that you were going to need new tires? And she, she's younger. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm given a little bit of, you know, um, grace here in this, this topic anyways. But she's like, well, my dad kind of talked to me about this, you know, a couple of months ago. I said, so this wasn't an unexpected event. This was mm -hmm. an unplanned event, right? Meaning you didn't plan for this to happen. You knew right. that it was going to, you even got a little bit of a heads up, right? And this isn't meant to make anybody feel bad, but this is meant to really call it out because I think the language that we tell ourselves, the, the language we use is really important. And if we continually are saying, hey, this was unexpected, this was unexpected, to your point, you know, it's not unexpected. Not everything is unexpected. We just didn't do a good job of planning. And that's where it goes into the mindset with money a lot, right? And so yeah. holding back, you might not have the full amount, but I can tell you my worry was always a lot less if I had $40 set aside for my oil change, you know, and it was going to cost 50 bucks. So then my flexibility comes from needing to find the $10, right? And, mm -hmm. and to make an adjustment versus needing to find the $50 in my budget. You know, that's a much bigger adjustment. And yeah. so um, you're right. Not everything is an unplanned expense. Or an unexpected expense, we simply didn't do a good job of planning for those things to happen. Yeah, and I think um, sometimes we we use this one kind of tongue in cheek, ha ha, funny funny, but it it holds true. Um, the holiday season is not unexpected. We know when it is. We know when Thanksgiving is. We know when Christmas is. Uh, birthdays, anniversaries, these are not unexpected things. So if they kind of creep up on you and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't expect this or no, no, no. To your point, Sarah, words matter. It's not that you didn't expect it. You simply didn't plan for it. But if we expect that we have obligations or we have desires for gift giving at the holiday season, at birthdays and whatnot, then we would put that into our plan and plan better for those expenses as well. You know, Nino, if I can bring up here one way that I just want our listeners to know one way that you plan for, for example, car repairs, right. Is you have a separate account for fuel, um, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I might be adding this in, but car insurance and car maintenance. And so it goes into this whole separate account. And so should something happen, you've got this account that, that has um, some flexibility in it, right? It allows you choices and, and, and you've planned for those calm, unplanned things, you know, maybe a tire blows, you know, you've got some money in there to help cover that, right? And that's, I think, a really great example of how do you plan for some of these things to happen. And I just, I, I've used that, I've adopted that method with a lot of my mm. clients and it works out swimmingly well like it, it's yeah. it's so nice so i just wanted to bring that up because i think it's to, to give an example for readers or readers listeners you know how how can we do this what's a good how do we make this happen i think that's yeah. a, a good example you you know that i love practical applications so absolutely like having a separate account um 
the way I worked that was I figured out how much we were spending in gas. And then I kind of, I don't remember what the numbers were when I first started the process, but let's say it was like $200 a month for gas specifically. Then I was purposefully putting $300 a month into that account. Um, and then what that allowed to happen is a buildup of funds so that to your point, like I knew it was definitely going to cover routine maintenance, the oil change, um, Every once in a while, at certain mile markers, you got to get like the transmission flushed and and the um, uh, the coolant flushed and all that stuff, right? So routine maintenance, I knew it was going to take care of that. I was also hopeful that it would take care of like needing new tires, that it would build up enough that there there was a need for new tires. But the backup plan, if 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 there wasn't enough in there, was the peace of mind fund, right? Mm -hmm. So having a mm -hmm a peace of mind fund that was funded was like, okay, if that can't cover something like a blown tire, right? Because there's a difference between like a blown tire and replacing one of those. Mm -hmm. And all four tires are at the end of their useful life. And I right. just need to replace them. Right. So the hope was, Oh, there's enough in there to even cover the blown tire if need. Uh, but if not, there was also a backup plan. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's, expecting the unexpected there was like multiple layers to mm -hmm. how do you how do you do that how do you make sure that this thing doesn't come and blow up my budget a blown tire shouldn't blow up my budget mm -hmm. i should already have a plan for what if that happens this yeah. is how that'll be taken care of i love that and that and i love those you know that you called out the layers of it. You know, we too do the same, you know, kind of a similar thing. I do use cash envelopes, but we've got a mm -hmm. cash envelope specifically for car and home repairs because our home is on wheels and there are a lot of repairs that need to happen here. And we talked about, okay, what is the balance and how much are we contributing to those accounts each month? Well, we took into consideration, you know, what is our deductible? You know, so how much cash do I need on hand, you know, for my deductible? And what are the types of repairs or or the types of maintenance that we need to do, right? And then we have a whole separate account, call it almost a separate piece of mind fund that is for specifically for larger repairs um, because, you know, and again, I'm going to knock on wood that um, being a full-time RVer and traveling, a lot of stuff can happen, namely tires, axles, you know, those types of things. And so we have a whole separate account um, because blown tires are a real thing. Even if your tires are in good condition, it doesn't take much to hit something on the road and blow them. Right. And so it, and I'm saying all of this, Nino is and for all the, the listeners take some time to discuss what these accounts are for, how you want to use them. Right. That way, you know, and you've got an idea of how much money you want to be contributing to them, because this comes back into putting your plan together. You need to have a dollar amount. Right. You need to know what is this for? Same with your peace of mind fund. You need to know what it's for and what it's not for. Same goes for these types of accounts. Right. For planning for the unexpected or expecting the unexpected. Take some time. This Be intentional with what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't say it any better myself. So we're kind of talking about some practical, practical application techniques. So let's kind of wrap this conversation up a little bit with 
So how can I make more intentional and more informed decisions? How can I make the best decision? We talked about reacting versus responding, talked about expecting unexpected things that are not all that unexpected. So when something does kind of pop up and I have a decision to make, how can I go about making the best decision possible? For me, I think it comes before the thing pops up. Some, mm. And, and I, I say that because it goes back to what I was just saying a, a few minutes ago about being intentional, having the conversation about what are these accounts for, right? What is your maintenance account going to cover? And then what does the peace of mind fund, when does it take over, right? When is that used mm. instead of your sinking fund or your, your um, you know, repair budget, for example? So knowing ahead of time when a, and a, a medical bill pops up, right? knowing ahead of time. So pre-planning some of this stuff. I oftentimes, especially with the people that I work with that have kids, I almost always, almost always have them create a medical sinking fund. We're going to mm. need some, you know, some co-pays. Um, knowing what are those co-pays? What are your deductibles? Having the information ahead of time, I think is key to being able to make an informed decision. Because if you've already taken the time to plan some of this, when this event happens, you then know how you're going to handle it because you've already taken the time when you weren't stressed out, when you weren't so emotional with it, um, you're taking out some of the reaction time, you're able to make a decision. So for me, I say the first key is to do some of the pre-planning ahead of time before the event takes place. I like that. I like that a lot because uh, I, I too share that same thing with my clients where when we're building out any type of fund, but starting with the peace of mind fund, what is it used for and when? You know, so often people call it the emergency fund. So then I'm like, okay, so what constitutes an emergency? And I get them to tell me. And then we kind of work through, like, would you really dip into the emergency fund for this? Versus that, and again, things like a birthday is not an emergency. Um, you knew that was probably going to happen. I'm, I'm guessing that that wasn't a surprise to you. Um, and so being more mindful about that and pre-planning. Um, I do that even with like my clients spending cash. So what does your spending cash cover? And what are some of the things that need to be in the budget? I think I've used this example in the past, but for me, Instead of making a separate line item for like me getting a haircut, it was, I was just going to put that money in my spending cash. And then what I realized is I wasn't managing that really well. So I switched it to, it's going to be a line item to, I finally got better at that habit. So I was all like, well, I don't need the line item anymore. It's going to go back into my spending cash. But the point is everybody has to kind of determine for themselves, what does the spending cash cover and what doesn't it and what should be like a line item. But doing that pre-planning certainly helps that when the situation comes up, you kind of already know, like, this is what we planned to do in this event. And so mm -hmm. you get to respond instead of react. Yes. I love it. And I also love and I just want to highlight to make sure that people heard it is that you are flexible and taking your experience, what is working, what isn't working right. And you're tweaking it as you go, that yep. what you start out with right now, isn't necessarily going to be the same in six months or a year or five years. 
right? Yeah. That, that that's where some of the flexibility comes in. And I think it comes in with experience too and how we view money differently. And so our systems and our processes change over time from how we handle all of these situations that may come up. And, um, you know, we've done that a lot with our sinking funds over the past couple of years, right? My sinking funds, that's a way that I use um, to plan for the unexpected or to expect, you know, expect the unexpected. We use a lot of sinking funds. I have them for a lot of different reasons. They've changed over the years because life changes, right? But it's the same process and principle that goes along with it that's important. Yeah. Uh, the process of managing your money is definitely ongoing and it evolves. It, it changes over time. Um, like you said, things that, things that I were, I was doing 10 years ago, I'm not necessarily doing now and things I'm doing now, I wasn't necessarily doing 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. it, it's ongoing and always evolves. There was one other thing for making a decision that I wanted to share with our listeners for something that might truly be unexpected. And so um, I think, although I think you can almost plan for anything, including what I'm about to mention, I think sometimes it, it comes out of nowhere. And that might be like a layoff or mm -hmm. something you just don't necessarily think is going to happen. But as we said earlier, maybe we should all just be planning for, hey, I could possibly get laid off because that's how I got my journey started. My journey started mm. because I got laid off and I looked at like my financial situation and I said, this is a mess. And if I'm out of work for any stretch of time, things are going to get messy. So over the years, when I've had big decisions to make about like what job to take, after being laid off and now I have job opportunities, I had a job opportunity that would have relocated me to Minnesota. And I was like, I don't know how to make this decision alone. Um, I've had more recently, like the, the van was giving us problems. So it's all like, do I continue to repair the van or do I do something different? And so for anybody who's listening, who might be a believer, one of the things I really like to share with clients and anybody else who who's willing to listen, who has uh, that faith behind them, is ask yourself, how does the decision that I'm about to make, so the decision whether or not to go to Minnesota, if I go to Minnesota, how does that honor God? And if I stay local, how does that honor God? If I repair the van, how does that honor God? And if I replace the van, how does that honor God? And so sometimes what I've noticed with clients is, when they have these really big decisions to make because something truly unexpected or or at, at least a little bit more unexpected hits, instead of reacting, part of the responding is take a step back and, and first pray about it, but then ask yourself also, how does decision A honor God? How does decision B honor God? And I, I've noticed that is a really helpful technique where people can really slow down and not react to some of these things that happen, but more, uh, more respond in a mindful and intentional way. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you bringing that up. And if I may, I'll pull in maybe a, a, not necessarily a different perspective, but for those that maybe do not believe, right. That I think there's some of the same principles can be applied that, 
something that I use in my own life and that I use with a lot of clients is what is it the life, like call it the pros and cons, but where do I really feel that my life needs to go, right? What am I really working towards? How does this help? How does it maybe not help? How does it change things? And um, for me, meditation is a big part, right? You know, um, I, for people that believe, you know, I know praying is a big part. Um, meditation, but it's kind of the same principle, right? Is really looking to see where your heart um, is really taking you. And this goes back to the, responding versus reacting part two, right? And taking some time to really work through each of these situations. Um, I think it's a powerful principle that all of us can use in whatever form works for you, right? And, and um, whatever beliefs that you have. Um, I think that, that when I started doing that, my life changed and my decision-making changed a lot. So I just wanted to throw that out there um, because I think no matter what you really what you believe, there's a principle that you have that you can use to, to make decisions, right? And to, to see how is this honoring the life that you're trying to create as well. So, Excellent. Well, for anybody who needs um, additional tools and resources to help them either make decisions, plan for unexpected events, uh, plan for, uh, you know, to expect the unexpected, you can visit newmoneyhabits.com. We have a slew of different calculators and resources that you can download and use to help you plan. But you can also schedule time with Sarah or myself uh, by going to the show notes, clicking on the link to schedule uh, your free discovery session with either one of us and, uh, and really start mapping out a plan that includes some of these otherwise unexpected events and expenses. I love it. Another great conversation. As always. All right. Well, that will do it for this conversation. We will continue it as we always do next time. Bye for now, friends. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.